Al-Bayan Radio presents The Muslim Mindset, hosted by Adnan al-Sheikh, Mazen Kurosh, Abdussalam Umaylif, and Ahmed Rafiq. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You're joining us live with another episode of Ramadan Nights, tonight on uh, Muslim Mindset. And Mazen gave us that look because he had a few names on there that aren't here today. <laughs> In uh, half of them. Today it's just nice, um, I won't say romantic, but nice like... I can't say intimate as well. You got a candle? Um, nice, nice night with me and Mezen. Ahmed's called in for the, his brother needs a cavalry, he's moving houses, you had on. And Abdus Salam is um, MIA, missing in action. Who's he again? Do <laughs> <laughs> um, you remember who this? Yeah, you were telling um, me, you tell me the chapter, because our chapter names are different. I'm trying to find no, that for, in here. Forgiving others. Oh, no, actually, it's the exact same here. Sorry. Um, no, I got it. How have you been? Alhamdulillah, bro. It's, uh, I think we're on, I'm looking at it now, I think we are on night 12, or day 12, Ramadan night 12? Uh, maybe 13. Or 13. We started on a Saturday, Allah Alam, on one, some night. 12, 13 or 14, somewhere there, one of those days. Um, but yes, subhanAllah, I, I speak to a couple of different people. Some people say that it's been, like they feel like it's flown, and other people feel like it's just dragging, like it's like taking long, subhanAllah. I was like I that last year dragging, but alhamdulillah, I feel like it's flown this year. I feel that as well. I yeah. feel like, subhanAllah, I looked at it the other day and I saw 12. Okay, bro, we're already past a third of it. Like, give it a few days and we're going to be in the last oh, 10. Yeah. SubhanAllah. Yeah. And so, the last 10 goes so quick. You didn't even realize the last 10 because the last 10, you're just like, you're pumping it out, whether it's like, um, yep. you know, with the odd nights and going to the masjid on and off, like all of those different things that are happening. Sleep and schedules then, all over the place. And then towards the end of it, everyone's sending out those pamphlets or the brochures for the Eid here Eid and Eid yeah, there yeah, yeah. and whatever. And then immune arguments as well. Yeah, all you of those, those ones. You got everything. Everything comes into the last 10 days, subhanAllah. And, and then running oh, I saw the moon. Eight haircuts and you want to get a, just a two-minute haircut from the barber. takes you six hours. Bro, my barber closed and turned into a dessert shop. I realized yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I was driving past in Greenacre and I just like... I just looked, like, okay, where's my barber? And then it says, like, sugar sticks or something. And I was like, bro, like, we had 40 manush shops, we had 40 butcheries, and now we've got 40 dessert shops. Yeah, and now, and, like, and hijab shops as well. As oh, well another as, one opened down the street. As so. well as, the only good thing is in Ramadan, there's plenty for the musallas to choose from on that street. Yeah. I think there was eight accounted with my sister yesterday. SubhanAllah. Yeah, starting from down where the park is. Maybe at least now they don't have to go like days in advance before I eat. Maybe like what do you mean days in advance? To go and find their clothes because there's oh. there's multiple. So places. I was gonna say, remember when you, when you were a little kid and getting eight clothes? I've been yeah. wearing the same eight clothes the past five years, but no one knows. I tried to make it a little easier for myself, you know, when it comes to so I like to be a bit minimal. So I started wearing a white abay, and what I change every year is That's just it. the jacket. <laughs> yeah. So so I go shopping for a jacket. That's, That's it. So I get the down. shoes are always white, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> you change your glasses. I do sometimes. Oh, I have different pairs. So like on Eid, just to make it feel special, yeah. I wear the ones that have like a gold trim or like something, you know, silver <laughs> or something. Alhamdulillah. Something a little bit different. <coughs> what I was going to mention was, I've got, got random, not randomly, but a lot of people say, I su- not surprisingly, of course, I know this is the number one <laughs> podcast, um, that they listen to tuning in and listening. Yesterday I saw one of the guys from uh, Musala and he was speaking to me and I was saying before, he looked at me with a face as if, he knew, knew something and I didn't know something like I was smiling I'm like what's wrong he's like oh you're on a podcast great work this and that and I'm just like he's like oh you know what was he saying it's like I don't know how you fit it in and this and that and in my head I'm like dude like we're all the same it's not so much of a fit in to be honest because like even when we tried to do it outside of Ramadan it was a little bit difficult with work and things like that but yeah. subhanAllah you, I don't know there's two things first of all it's just once like it's just that once a week and it's set time yeah. and we're already here most of the time at the masjid and stuff like that but then also, subhanAllah, I feel like in Ramadan, although every, the time is running, but you make more time than you do outside of Ramadan. Like you, to fit in your Quran, people yeah. are doing more Quran than they did outside. How? And when, probably busier. Yeah. But how if outside of Ramadan they said, oh, I don't have time. So how do you have time now? And it's the same thing. You find, Yeah. It's, it's the priorities. Yeah. I, I've always said that. If you're saying, if you ever say, I don't have time, it's just that you're not willing to make the time. That's Cause, it. Yeah. Because you don't ever have time. You, if you don't have time, often you're using it to relax, to chill, to go somewhere, to visit someone, to do a, a duty that you have to do. Yeah, it's just one of them is going to give. So that's exactly <laughs> right. It's very rare that you don't have time. Even me, when I stress out and I have my 
that when I come up to exam period that I'm very stressed out and I'm literally drop everything, I still have priorities and I can still make do. And like if there's something that needs to be done, I'll matter, you know? Yeah. I know and plan for myself. So mm. I think it's just a matter of priorities for everyone. Um, and inshallah, everyone should be using their time well, aiming to use their time well. And don't look at others as if they're superhuman. Like oh, yeah, 100%. Not even us. Like I know there's a... Got a in, in, in Sydney now um, and everyone's like oh mashallah you know he reads so much and I and he's always after he finishes reciting in a mosque you see him you find him in his room and he's reciting and this and that and I'm like and I make as if he's superhuman or different and mm. I'm just like there's nothing there's no difference between him and you other than the way he uses his time yeah or the, really the, yeah. His, his work that's right subhanallah and I mean, like we speak about in in a few other episodes. Uh, I think a lot earlier on, but sometimes you gotta you gotta think about your situation. Like when we were back in school, I used to look at people that would, for example, do Aktikaf and people that would be reading and finishing. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. And like I would get cut because I'm like, oh, I got HSC, I got this. Like you gotta realize that your situation is different. is different, and that you do what you can. Also, for example, people that are studying, your study is jihad if you're doing it for the sake of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, purify your intentions um, and, and things like that. But obviously, there, there does come, a, you know, that uh, balance with time management as well. Yeah. Because you should have some time to do different things. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, speaking of murdering, um, you, we've got a, our first <laughs> chapter. Introduce it. Is forgiving others. So a big one. Um, at the right time as well. <coughs> it does come at the right time. Um, I was I actually, subhanAllah, I, I heard a um. You know how we were talking last week about YouTube shorts? I came across yeah. like a, one of those Instagram reels. Yeah. Um, and there was a share. Even was, worse, but anyway. Yeah, but <laughs> the good thing about them is the algorithm works good enough that if you keep watching religious videos... Keeps coming up? They're the only ones that come up. Okay. Minus like one or two. Thank but you just like, you know. Um, so I saw one and, and the... Oh, I can't remember who it was, but there was one of the Sahabi and he was asked, how did you used to approach the month of Ramadan? Mm. And his response was, none of us, being the Sahaba, used to enter Ramadan or reach the start of Ramadan with uh, a mustard seed or an Adam's weight of like a grudge towards someone else. And like you said, the perfect timing, he was talking about Ramadan. The entry into Ramadan, they would clear their hearts, they would purify their hearts from any uh, negative feelings that they had towards anyone else, subhanAllah. Which is something people struggle to do, we all do. Similar situation in Ramadan and that, that hadith is what um, opened my heart up. I had a bit of issues with someone right before Ramadan. Um, and it was big. Well, he wasn't small. It's probably the biggest thing in my mm. life, to be honest. Um, and someone close to me. And yeah, it was just in my head. Shaitan was whispering to me. And it was like a month. Just like, nah, you've, you went in the wrong. You join a line. You show his boss, this and that. you know. And I'm like, that's it. You know, I didn't do anything wrong. Um, and then subhanAllah, I heard the hadith and I had... People speaking to me about it, and they're like, someone brought up the hadith, and once it hit, the the hadith hit, and I, I think there was also another one similar to the um, the hadith where the prophet walks up the the mimbar, <laughs> walking up the mimbar. Oh yes, each time, yes. Each time it was the one that doesn't use like get his sins forgiven in Ramadan. The third one, the one that no one talks about. Mm. I think unless it was a weak hadith or a bad memory, I'm pretty sure it was about forgiving others or something like that. Um, Hello, I'll look it up. But yeah, that was what inspired me to be like the bigger, not necessarily the bigger person, but I'm like, Khalas, I'm going to put everything aside. And it really mm. ate at me to go back and, you know, and speak it out and, and apologize and do everything. And we and Wallahi, don't regret it at all. Wallahi, mm. just saying, apologizing, even though it wasn't 100% wrong. And everyone coming to the table and everyone moving on from that issue and being happy now. Wallahi, it was probably the most relief I've gotten in my life. Like, yeah. SubhanAllah. So that's why I've highlighted very a lot um, when it was saying here, some people torture themselves yet still refuse to forgive. They occupy themselves with ill feelings and malice that fills their hearts and torments them. And that was, that like rang so much with me because once you hold ill feelings the hatred it just does not leave you Walla does not leave you I couldn't think for two weeks straight at work I wasn't myself in person I wasn't myself and you're just in the back of my mind just repeating it actually repeating. affects you more than Walla. it's affecting them like they they probably don't even think about it and yeah. they don't care like it's the least of their worries and for you subhanAllah it's constantly playing in your head Walla. and just eating at you yeah. and subhanAllah those thoughts are exactly what the shaitan feeds on like yep. you start getting a thought 
one second it's like it starts off with being the grudge and the thing that you're annoyed about and then starts with you having negative thoughts and negative feelings and everything like that um but what you said earlier of you know like um it was just eating oh, i don't want to like i'm not in the wrong and i don't want to give in to that and whatever and subhanallah we all go through that same thought process it's one of the main like reasons why we struggle to you know apologize or end an argument or or throw that yeah. grudge away because I need to prove a point. I need like I'm right. I'm not the one that caused the problem. They need to come apologize. Like all yeah. of these, all of these thoughts. But Subhanallah, as as difficult as it is, I think sometimes we need to we need to take a step back and just remember or kind of reflect and think, what difference is that going to make? Yani, uh, people say, oh, but if I do it, if I let it go this time, it's going to happen again. They're going to step all over me. They're going to this and that yeah. and whatever. Hello, this is personally for me. I guess like you, you need to set a standard, but that still involves solving the situation. Yeah. And even if I don't want someone to step all over me and they did it the first time and I want to end this thing, at least go and talk about it and tell them you didn't appreciate it or whatever it is. They know. You've told them. They've seen it. If they take it, they take it. If they don't, then just turn the page and know that whether you apologized or you didn't, it's not going to make a difference. It's not going to make a difference. <laughs> That's some people like some people yeah, like that. Well, you just got to learn to live with it or whatever, go with the flow and just khalas it. It's. I feel like it's the same principle from the hadith of the Prophet where he says, "I guarantee, uh, it was a palace or a house in Jannah for the one who gives up arguing." Even, Even when they're right. right. Yeah, that when I first heard that, and still to now, when <laughs> is that right? Because that is not easy, bro. When you're in the see, right. but that's the thing. It's the same concept. Like if we take that, the same reason people wouldn't give up the arguing is because they say, "But I have a point. I'm in the right, and if I let, like, if I don't argue, they're not going to get my point." Yeah. And if I don't make a scene, if I don't farji on, you know, then they're going to come back and they're going to use the same argument against me. But yeah. Subhanallah, there's such a great reward in it. And we should take that as a nasiha from the Prophet As it's not just like he's not, he doesn't just say things for yeah. no reason. Yani, so if he's saying that and he's mentioning that there's such a great reward in that, a it means it's difficult. So he like he acknowledges that it's difficult. Otherwise, why would you be getting such a great reward? Yeah. And secondly, it, uh, it signifies an importance, and and is pretty much some form of uh, guidance or advice or nasiha from the Prophet um, um, I was going to mention something on that dot point, but now it <laughs> slipped me mind. Um, as well, what I was going to mention is oftentimes we forget that even though you may be right, I think, you know, what, a lot of people have problems, especially those that come on a religion quick or their family isn't on the same spectrum really religiously mm. as them. Um, they may be correct, but the way they address the specific issue it's completely incorrect and makes them look worse than it is and they start being angry, frustrated, they may swear or whatever it is and it just turns off other people of what might, might be correct and might be the truth. Like mm. I've seen often where you see someone that's religious or for example, <laughs> um, I don't know, let's give an example. Someone's for example playing music and in a way that a person gives advice or nasiha is so wrong or they explode or they do whatever mm. it is humiliate them embarrass them in public something like that and it makes the situation a hundred times worse where yes yeah. you're right they shouldn't be doing that in the first place but the way you approach it is 90% of it mm. you know like Ahmed was saying last week um, it was Ahmed right was saying last week when he said he had a friend that was celebrating so. Halloween yeah yeah and yes. he was saying the way that he advised his friend who, who he never knew got advised multiple times prior to that mm. because it was the best advice he took it on board and he changed yeah you know and we there's there's a, an ayah in the Quran that that tells you to approach people in that way. I believe it was um, ila sabili rabbika bil hikmati wal al hasana. So yes. call to the way of Allah subhanahu wa taala bil So wisdom al al hasana and in in a good way. So even in doing that, when it comes to the topic that we're talking about, when it comes to forgiveness as well, someone might have frustrated you, annoyed you, driven you through the wall, and you just in the way you need to approach that, we need to think like, it's still, sometimes like, yeah, but I'm not calling him to Islam. No, but you're calling him to what's right, which is to fix an issue between two things. Yeah. So you're bringing them to that. You need to do that with wisdom, which is the first thing. Um, that wisdom comes from identifying when the right time is, how you should approach it, whether you should drop the argument completely, things like that. In a way that's like, in a way that's good, pleasing, um, with kindness. Yeah. Um, 
but there was you know, I was I was just thinking about the we try and see like we want to take examples from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I was about to say go for it go. If you think <laughs> like I thought in when you're okay when when someone's in a specific situation you feel like um in that moment like the whole world you you forget that you're not the world doesn't revolve around you and if you think this is the biggest problem in the universe yep. you know that's the only thing you can think of especially for not introverts but for people who think a lot internally um and if you think your issue is bad or like me a couple of weeks ago i thought my issue was be or end or mm. subhanallah when you read when you read about the prophet and his forgiveness yeah. i keep forgetting to say that um you realize <laughs> okay damn it's a whole nother level, bro. It's a whole nother level. Like, reading it now, like, imagine the people that, your own, don't worry about people kicking you out of the city. Like, that's what burns me, is like, people turning on each other. Like, your own people that he's grown up with for 40 years, or for your 40 years, kicking you out of your own city when the whole, your whole life they knew as, as a Sadiq Al-Amin, to kick you out, and when, and still rub your face in the dirt, essentially, and rub your name and trying to tarnish his name when he's in Medina. And when he comes back, and now that he's got the upper hand, it's like, do, 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 have you read the hadith? When, when he this, comes back, yeah. they say, oh, you know, they started trying to, um, not not advise him, what's the word called? Um, what was they start saying, oh, you're the most, you know, more, you're the most wise, you're the most forgiving. They start talking nice to the oh, people. Oh, yeah, like, when, when he comes sort of back. like buttering him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah when he comes yeah. back, and it's like, you, you two faces this whole time, and now because you're on a lower hand, now you want to you want to be like that. And Subhanallah, Wallah, like I don't know how, probably divine decree, but forgave them all for all of that, and that's is, amazing. Wallahi, it's amazing. I can't even. And, but this is the thing. So like, sometimes, like one of the things that really burns me that when I hear is, yeah, but he's a prophet. Like I, yeah, yeah. I, we need to understand that. The Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, I gave you amthal. Like I, I over and over and over again I gave you examples and examples. Not so you can say, Oh, that's like oh that's like a, an you know, angel, that's a prophet. An angel, yeah. that's a prophet. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even says in the Quran, he says specifically, I sent from you a person of you. Yani, he even says if I was to if I had a nation of angels at, I was to send them a messenger I would send them an angel As their messenger yeah. And he sent us someone That was sure. Of our status So you can't say That he was anything above Or yeah. you know below Obviously he's He's better than You know any creation But yani, In that sense But we have so many examples That was one of the examples um, But there's two others That I can think of um, And I can't remember If they were in here But The other one was When he When he was uh, The Prophet ﷺ Was going to Preach Islam yeah. To different nations And he was stoned out of those Taif, uh, yeah. yeah in Ta'if When he was stoned out of those regions He was um, Obviously the Prophet ﷺ was distraught And he's like He's sad He's, he's angry He's upset all these, all these negative emotions towards these people They've just Done <laughs> Worse than anyone has ever done to us And he's sitting under Sitting under a tree And An angel comes to him And gives him the opportunity To destroy the entire nation SubhanAllah I don't think anyone would have said no. <laughs> it's he had Farajikon, man. But here's the thing: like there would have been no, uh, no them, yeah. no, yani, uh, no repercussions. It was like you say it, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will make it happen. He will end everyone that has just been punishing you, has been torturing you, whatever. And the Prophet Sallallahu again through the divine decree, he says, he says, he says no, and he says, what if one of them? From their like children's children offspring ends up Muslim, subhanallah. And that that was his um, that was his his goal, thought his process. the thought That's process. Right. That's the way he was thinking. That's what I was I was thinking that as as you were saying that I, I thought you were gonna say and it brings up different uh, perspective on it. It's like what would he gain from destroying them all? Nothing. Retribution and personal. <laughs> yeah, like uh, what do they call it in in this uh, called closure. <laughs> um, <you> know, like <laughs> closure, like yeah, just, yeah, literally. Uh, yeah, he's like, you know what? Let's um, see. I'm done with them. I got rid of them all. It's yeah, but the thing is, <laughs> in a in a bigger scheme, as you're saying, the the future scheme, that's probably what what was the right decision to mm. be thinking so f further down a track in saying that one one of their children becomes Muslim, we win. 
you know? He, he didn't give up. That's what it was as well. Yeah. You know what's the most humiliating part? Um, <coughs> what I read from another narration was that the way that the Prophet went to Ta'if was he didn't address the whole nation straight away. He went and addressed the chiefs of the nation, the mm. three chiefs. And uh, they didn't accept. And the second they didn't accept as the Prophet was leaving, in that, let's say, small brief period of time, I, I'd imagine as like five, ten minutes, they had already gathered the whole, spread the word to the whole city about the Prophet's message. And they got children to stand the Prophet out. So not mm. only, Salah not only like humiliating <laughs> by people, you having, imagine you having young kids that have no idea what, why they're doing stuff, Stoning the Prophet Sallallahu who's at least 45 years of age. Yeah. 40 years of age. From I don't know what year that was. But yeah, that breaks your heart. And I don't know, wallahi, I don't know how, to be honest, how he forgave in that short period of time. Because in that period of time, 99% of people are fuming. He's already still, he's just come out. Like he just come, yeah, 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 exactly. It's just like, bro, what, what, they wouldn't even ask, man, just do. Stoned, yani, he's, he's not just emotionally, bleeding, yeah. like the, emotionally yeah. and physically uh, injured subhanallah um and still uh, and then we have and then we have the example of um of hamza radlanhu and again how the prophet sallallahu forgave uh, was uh, forgot her name uh, uh yeah my wife always remembers her name um subhanallah starts with w is the guy that killed another w subhanallah uh, was Wahshi is the, yeah, the guy and then um Someone help us out. <laughs> Can we find a friend? <laughs> I was going to say find a friend. Yeah, but but yeah. So it was <coughs> the, the the lady that that um. I'll look it up if you want to narrate the story just quickly. Where the lady yeah. that commanded or put a bounty essentially on the uncle of the Prophet Sallallahu um head in war, and the narration goes that she like contracted wahshi to kill her, kill Hind. him. Hind, yeah, there you go, and she. Proceeded to eat his liver or it was his heart or heart, yeah, something like that. Yeah, and they deformed him. So she just grabbed it like they full mutil- mutilated, mutilated his there, body. Yeah. And that was when the prophet was saying that <clears throat> Muslims we don't do that. You know, we won't, you don't you do not mutilate the dead, no matter who they are. Yeah, and, and Subhanallah again, and yeah. that really upset the prophet. Yeah, yeah, Subhanallah. Even after, yeah, she became Muslim. I was a washi that became Muslim, and the prophet's like, sorry, you're ac- accepted, but I can't look at you. Subhanallah, like I that ma- this amount of her. trauma, like his uncle, yeah. to see someone that you love that much being like uh, mutilated or, or killed, and I think to that right. extent, I think it was the liver. Um, yeah, that's amazing, Subhanallah. Yeah, but that that again, now we're, we're talking about the forgiveness. Who of anyone in this current time would have that? Someone kill their any loved one, mutilate their body, and and like. It's out, so out of like so out of arrogance like just sit there like uh, let's just say they're basically just shoving it in your face like look this is the person i killed yeah subhanallah and, and sure. islam gives you the like islam gives you the opportunity for retribution okay. in, in in various ways depending on what it is um and, and still again the prophet was was forgiving in in that circumstance so i think to come to the point that i was making earlier is we have many 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 examples yani for someone to say oh but i can't like yeah but you know what what he did or what she did is unforgivable there's no there is nothing that can fall under that category once yeah. you see these i was reading here the, the sheikh of the, of the book was saying indeed how beautiful is it to forgive others and forget the painful past undoubtedly this is a characteristic possessed by only the great ones those who transcend the loneliness of vengeance grudges and satisfying their their own rage their morals are higher than that Life is short, indeed, it is way too short to be spoiled with grudges and hard feelings. And he says, even in personal issues, the Prophet ﷺ was lenient, lenient, sorry, lenient and easygoing. <laughs> and I think, yeah, that's to what we were saying about um, at Taif. It's that what's what are you going to satisfy? Your own need for vengeance and rage, or as he says, their morals are higher than their grudges. They know that in a future, like you being nicer wins the longer battle, mm. the, the battle in the long run. You know, you being, for example. Um, I say with my own with my own family, like you have the r- different methods of r- people trying to imp- not impose, but um, convey g- g- convey yeah. dawah, g- give dawah Islamically, <laughs> and you've got the guys that come on Islam really hard and they're very strict and firm, and you know these are the rules. You can't do this, you can't deviate, and you've got the slow but steady guy that's consistent and he's consistently nice, consistently turns up, consistently helps out and stuff like that. And I personally think in the long run, that's the more beautiful form of dawah in the sense that khalas you've lived with this guy for 20 years 
you can't see say or state anything negative about him even let's say yeah you can't say anything negative about him maybe if you think about it you should be contributing to islam because you can see how stern he is he's always first to pray he's always mm. you know in quicks he's always jamaa he's always for example leaving a gathering to go to the, the, the mosque yeah. where you might see as disrespectful having a family gathering but when you guys need him or when you need you know or whatever it is he's there and helping you out i think that's the, the better form of dawah in the sense that now you've seen his true colors you yeah. know how the person is 100% and subhanallah you mentioned that like very early on in the topic and then I think it relates back to what you were saying now but when you do not forgive and when you do hold that grudge yeah. you're hurting yourself well, and, um, and like you said like uh, what do you get out of it do you get that satisfaction but subhanallah with that satisfaction you gain like you gain some form of unease there's there's something in your heart that's just not clean like it's just there and it's like it's like a dish that you've just left in the in the sink and you just leave you won't, you won't forget about it and i think if you see that person constantly that's always coming in the background it's like you're just keeping kicking something uh, kicking something under the carpet it's there yeah you might forget <laughs> about it when you remember it you're going to remember it but subhanallah as I, i keep bringing it back to my personal issue wallahi there was nothing better than forgiveness and going back and apologizing and and understanding the other person's point of view for example as i was stating um with the dawa Like you may be correct, but the way you convey the message is incorrect. You might be screaming, you might be angry, um, you might say the wrong things, you might name call whatever it is. And understanding that the other person's point of view is, yeah, you may have had a point, but the second you went out of line, your point is out the window, and that's all they saw. They saw you doing wrong. Exactly, that's right. And, and at the end of the day, you need to assess whether it's worth it or not. And yeah. the short answer is no, it's not. <laughs> and you can yeah. sleep at night easier when you forgive. I, I just uh, I just came up with a nice like. Uh, Not not anecdote. What's the, what are they? You know when you compare something. Analogy. Analogy. That's the yeah. one. Yeah. No, but I was. I think about it. Like sometimes when your room's dirty and you walk past it every day, there's a part of it that bugs you. <laughs> but you're like, oh, I don't have time to do it, or like it'll stress me out if I do clean it because I got no time and whatever. So you're sacrificing one like one positive that you think for for another. But subhanallah, the the feeling of having it clean Khair. is much better than. The idea of or, or the struggle that you're going to go through to clean it, yeah, and it's the same thing. It's it's like that. You can jump in bed nicely and tuck yourself in like a burrito. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I don't I don't have a taco wrap for my um for my bed sheets, but yeah, uh, I think I think the heart is one of the one of the hardest things to clean, in in many ways. Yeah, and and this is one of them. Subhanallah. It's but not easy. I think if uh, if we set it as a goal, like we said, Ramadan is a, a great time to do it. It's it's when uh, all the Sahaba cleanse their hearts, or one of the times that they cleanse their hearts from from these grudges towards others. But a very beautiful time to get started. But kind of think about it. See who um, I don't know. Now I just now I think about it. I think there was like a there was like a Sahaba or something maybe like that or a scholar who used to constant like every night before he sleeps. Yeah, yeah. That was a Sahaba that he they heard his foot. No, not footsteps in Jannah. That's Bilal radiallahu anhu. But there was something about him where they said, oh. Um, he was guaranteed Jannah. I know the storyline. I think the Prophet ﷺ said the next person that walks into the mosque, I think so, will like is from the people of Jannah, and then someone from there wanted to know what he does, and they yeah, they just kept following. So he slept with him in the same That's house, right. <laughs> stayed with him in the same house for three days. They didn't see anything out of the ordinary about this about this uh, yes. Sahabi, and it turns out so he ended up he got frustrated. He ended up asking a Sahabi, "Why do you have this um, quote unquote merit?" So you know, given by this the Prophet ﷺ, he said the only thing that I Not the only thing, but what he does before he sleeps is he he forgives everyone for what they may have done, and he doesn't hold grudges. Yeah, and and that's if we can think about that and think every night of who is like still sitting there in our heart as like something that is is bugging us and just constantly taking up time and space. Yeah, and just try to cleanse that. It, it takes time. I'll be honest. Like I had, I had, a, I don't know what your situation is, but like something similar where I just couldn't, like I just couldn't let it go. Yeah, and I, I'm telling you, it felt like jihad. Burning, yeah. Like it felt like jihad, just trying to get rid of that fire burning. Because every day, I'm like, I don't want to have this feeling towards this person. Just how can I get rid of it? And every day, you just keep trying. But Subhanallah, it's Alhamdulillah, it's gone. But it, it takes a lot of time. So if you feel like it's not working, you're you're mentioning about <coughs> linking it back to Ramadan, saying, oh, we should be doing it more in Ramadan. I think as well, I'm trying to relate. Um, to it, the, um, the analogy of that, like they stay a lot of times. A lot of habits take thirty days or sixty days. I think I've heard sixty days. Yeah, forty days to build. 
But essentially, what I was I was reading today saying the forgotten sunnah of saying Allahumma inni sa'im when you're frustrated. Um, so I think that proves to you that like if while we're fasting, <coughs> someone frustrates us, does wrong by us, we're trained to say inni sa'im, and most people do. I've heard my friends say it, and I kind of laugh. I'm like, I haven't heard that in ages, you know. Mm. And I don't know if he's saying it as a joke or he's serious. Um, but it's like, no, I'm serious. It's like he's frustrated, and I'm saying inni sa'im. Um, but yeah, that just proves to me or proves to anyone that you can there's nothing out of the ordinary or superhuman for you to forgive or to to have that um wisdom to say and and quickly brace yourself and say khalas you know <coughs> give a reason because like we yeah. know when we're fasting with i think because we're hungry we're, we're a bit weaker we we've we're thinking about it so we know like you're getting angry you're remembering oh why am i weak you know you're fasting in Islam, yeah. you know subhanallah why, why we do it subhanallah did you did you have anything else you wanted to add to that topic, no, no, or no, should I should I, I wrap it up and move on to the next one? Wrap it up. Alrighty. So the Sheikh says he says a point of view. Life is all about give and take. So give more than you take, um, and I guess, a lot yeah. a, a lot easier like that. Um, and speaking of giving more than you take, um, the next chapter is generosity, um, being karim, as you know, and and that's. That's one of the it's one of the traits of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He was he was very generous. And especially um, Ramadan, he was the most <coughs> of most generous. That's a bad cough, bro. Bro, I'm, can you hear it? I like it. No, for no, anyone, I can't hear on a thing, but I'm just I looking f- at you. I was going to say, for anyone that can hear it, I apologize. It just like well, won't go. No, no, not in a bad way. I'm, yeah, I, I'm, I feel bad for that you. That just reminded me to say, yeah, but I feel bad for me too, bro. Like, I'm looking at you, you're struggling. I, you know why? Because I'm trying to hold it in. Like, I don't want to, just because I'm here, but if it wasn't don't here, worry. I'd be coughing up a lung, man. I just, like, <laughs> unless you guys want me to cough instead of like no, talk about cough, generosity, I'll be generous with my in, coughs. I've got lots of them. SubhanAllah, bro, people told me, like, they go, you know, after you have COVID, the cough doesn't go. I'm like, sure it doesn't go. Like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> when Wet? did you have it? Uh, two weeks ago. Oh, okay. Okay, needs a while. Did you do any extraneous exercise? That's what brings back the cough back from the dead. Why not? I'm thinking I'm going to start doing strenuous exercise. No, no, no. Today. Don't even bother. Wallah. Give yourself a month Ooh. just to breathe. Because I had the same thing. I was fine. I, I thought, recovered. oh, maybe like I've relaxed my lungs too much and they need to like stretch or something. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not biologist or <laughs> nutritionist by any means. So. I'm a software engineer. <laughs> I'm a software engineer. So to me, if something's broken, I just write a bit of code and it works. <laughs> so I just think very logical, you know. The only thing that I haven't done is exercise. So I'm like, let me try and do that maybe. So thank you for that advice. No, I had, um, I, I thought it was healed and all gone. No, that's right. I had, it was all gone at three weeks. I think I went for a run. I can't remember what I went for. Um, and then it came back from the dead. Then I was like panting. I couldn't even breathe. So to give yourself some time and breathe. Yeah, but it's like... Uh, and take some, I don't know, baramental to soothe that throat because it's probably burning by now. Like those no, it doesn't burn nothing, but just my chest is going to like mm. explode. Blow. Like, yeah, but subhanAllah. And you try and, uh, I don't know, you know as well, when you're in, especially in Tarawih, like you don't want the people know, around you I to know. think that they're gonna die like because whenever people used to cough around me before i had covid i was like mm, this guy have it or uh subhanallah and it was normal i just used to think <laughs> when he, before this whole covid so we used to pray whatever it is no one used to think about that like what was my wife saying yesterday they're like bringing up these analogies that you never thought of they're like oh you know when you go bowling yeah. they're like did you ever think about when you go bowling you're putting your your hand in in the ball that's a thousand people touched and then you're eating like hot chips or so eating burgers straight away i'm like I actually didn't think of that. That's bad. You know, or I can't remember what the analogy was. Just taking sanitizer to the bowling game. Yeah, you know, or, or anything. And you, subhanAllah, you never thought about that. And now because of COVID, now everything's being watched a thousand times. The, the one guy coughs in Salah and everyone's going to break their Salah and, and, <coughs> and neck him, you know. Um, but back then it was normal. I used I got sneezed on once. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's bad. Yeah, that was like a whole, that was actually. But I don't bad. want yeah, no one feed that kind of stuff. But you know, now, bro, if I see a kid in the shops like uh, today, today I saw a kid in the shops. <laughs> they cough with their mouth open, and they're just coughing with his mouth. O- I was at Bunnings, bro, and this kid was coughing with his mouth open, and he's he besides other things that he was doing, bro, I was going to shove his head in a tin of paint. I'm just like, I'm like, bro, whoever these kids' parents are, they just need to like wrap him up or something. Yeah, he was doing a bunch of other things that were paying me off, but that's that's another oh. story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the generous yeah um, generosity everyone knows who the most generous was subhanallah being a prophet um and even though they say that in Ramadan he was the most of generous and I'm trying to relate first thing reminding to myself then uh, then to everyone else that as we we're saying he's not superhuman he's 
he's a human you know it's not like he's something uh, um he's a different creation or whatever it is so when they, the narrations come about him being so generous during Ramadan and giving his clothes or every time every time someone asked that he would give it's not something out of the ordinary and i think nowadays probably our generation or our the era that we live in we're probably the one that, that are most that can afford to give and we don't every time that someone asks yeah. for this whole 30 days <coughs> and we still won't be broke no you know if yeah, we it give, won't it won't even make a dent Honestly. Every Facebook post that we see, if we give ten dollars, I reckon a hundred dollars. Some boys out there, thousand dollars. Every time they see a post that are asking for money, I reckon at the end of Ramadan, it still wouldn't. They wouldn't be broke. They wouldn't be on the street. They wouldn't be homeless or anything. Yeah. These are narrations where the Prophet sallallahu would go yes, sometimes yeah. one month or three months without um, with just the two black um, substances. Mm-hmm. It was water or dates. Yeah. The, the whole food and the, the, the whole the the fire wasn't burning. In their house, I can't remember. Sorry, if it was one month or three months, um, mm. the fire wasn't burning in their house to cook food. Wallahi ajin, wallah. One day not eating properly, like an actual yes, fasting, no complaints. And you just but like, after I need to have a meal, bro. You just like thought, yeah, yeah, wallah. That, yeah, you're just annoyed, you're pissed off. You just like, no, I don't even sometimes come home from work and I'm just like, irritated, like, I need to eat. My mom knows me, like. Uh, can't, when did I, eat? Who else? I think on Monday, like, don't speak to Adnan, he's grumpy, let him eat first and then speak to him, yeah. you know, like. I need that. And subhanAllah, wallahi, I don't know how they did it. And they were that patient. <laughs> even even the wives of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, it wasn't only him. It was his family as well, patient on that. Mm. It's something out of this world, man. SubhanAllah. And, and one of the things, like we, we have many stories as well of generosity from the, from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and from the Sahaba. Um, and we, we know of Abu Bakr who gave, uh, was all, he, he was the one that gave all of the wealth. Um, and and yeah, yeah. you had the half uh, from Muhammad oh, yeah. So like and you know, we look at it, and again in a similar sense, we get people that say, "Yeah, but I'm no Amr, I'm no Abu Bakr," um, or times are different. You know, like uh, what what times different? At the end of the day, one of the things that we forget to realize and we forget to um, identify and, and acknowledge is that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala promises the one who gives that what He gives will come back to Him tenfold, and. We have that in the Quran, Subhanallah. This is one of the, one of the parts. I don't know if it's one ASL, One of the parts in the Quran that I'm, I, I'm always amazed by when I, from a very like a linguistic perspective, the way Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. You'd think, like no one, we know that no one can write anything the way Allah Subhanahu wa Taala does. And the example he gives of sadaqa, he describes it as, like, if I'm not mistaken, he describes it as like a corn. Corn seed, like when you look at corn, how many like kernels yeah. are, are in a piece of corn? Thousand. It's like when you, when you plant it, you get one that turns into like a thousand, thousands of kernels, and each one of those then and gets planted seventeen. to become thousands. And the way Allah Subhanahu wa Taala describes that, like I can't give it justice unless I was to recite it in Arabic. But if you look into that verse, he describes the sadaqah as something that just gets multiplied and multiplied and multiplied and in another in another verse he talks about how um he says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wipes the riba like anything that is accumulated through riba gets destroyed gets wiped yeah. out but anything that is given in sadaqah gets is like a, I guess the translation is like bread or raised like and it sort of it grows and it just okay. keeps growing and growing yeah. subhanallah so when we look at where Money is being used in halal or wealth. Sadaqah can is not just money; like it can be a smile, it can be like anything, whatever yeah. it is. But anything that you give will come back, and that's something that I think we always forget because we think we're losing when we give, and I think that's what holds us back. Yeah, you see that can it goes negative, and that's it. That's what lost. it is. Yeah, yeah. And and when when does it come back? When does it come? Like that's the question. There is like, oh yeah, but when? But when? And that's the, it's impatience as well. Yeah, we want it like now. I'll give it to my, tomorrow, and I want it to come back next week. Now I'm just remembering, like, yeah. we forget, um, it's going to be cliche, touche, whatever you want to call it, how blessed we are to be in a Western, not even a Western country, but a first world developed, country. Yeah, yeah developed countries is probably the most better term to say, in a sense that there's not that much poverty going on. There's not that much struggle or hardships that we do. Mm. If you're an average job blow, you can go get a go get a job. Let's say you're uneducated, you don't have that much opportunities. You can do a labor job and pull in 150 yeah. to 200 dollars, of course, uh, a yeah. day, right? And I remember seeing videos where my uncle was in I don't know what country in Africa. Wallah, 
these guys are wearing like it was he wasn't even on a sort of commission it wasn't like that you know just a video of my uncle he's in holidays and i someone was like oh look at the guy's shoes like i think it was a guy taking him on a safari the guy was literally wearing a bottle so like you know those yeah. big um old uh jugs that put in the machine and you know you yeah, yeah. a thousand bottles literally had that compressed and he had like straps on it to strap it to his leg and i remember there's a there's a, also another photo gone viral that i saw recently where there's a kid um wearing like this shoe that's like 10 times the size of his foot and he's got a peg on the back of the shoe pegging himself to his ankle oh because it was too big too, so it's yeah. too big you know and it's kind of like I'm just thinking now relating it to my siblings and like remember they're going through like five pairs of shoes you know and I eat what shoe am I am I going to choose from each shoe that's like two to three hundred dollars and the shoe bro goes on your foot like, not that in the sense that like no, no I know but as you like, through and even that it's a shoe like it goes on your foot and you're yeah. thinking uh, where, which one? Well, yeah, like, well, I forget, like, sometimes we're so blessed, so we say, oh, like, look at these guys asking again for money or whatever it is, like, it's not going to depreciate, honestly. Yes, it may depreciate your wealth, for example, at the end of Ramadan, your bank account may be smaller than when, it, uh, lesser than when you started, but in the long run, you'll give yourself a month, you'll make that money back. And your real, your real bank account with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, yeah. is unbelievable. And that's, when you do it with the right intentions, when you, when you, also when you give without trying to show off and, and things like that, yeah, that stuff just grows and and speaking on that, I think as well, um, <coughs> a pet peeve. Well, I think most people hate is people complaining of um, the community or the saying like, "Oh, there's not enough communal um, facilities or assets for our children, or for this or for that, or mm. whatever it is." Sometimes, um, not sometimes, it is. Most of the uh, Islamic organizations are non-for-profit, non-funded. Um, uh, you know, there's nothing in the background other than the money of the community. You know, yeah. so when you see um, your local masala raising up money to expand or to to open up a new center mm-hmm. or to open up a gymnasium for the kids or whatever it is, um, we should be chipping in and doing that because yeah. it's an asset that our community is going to be using in the future for our kids. It's going to be for your children. Yeah, like, uh, if you don't already have them, it'll eventually be something for them. And if we don't do it, who's going to? Yani? Um, yeah. Just came to mind now. I was thinking about that. Like you always hear people, yeah. As I said, I just always hear people complaining. Oh, we don't have this or this for our kids or activities. My bad, I'm sure. Um, the chapter was depicting also about being generous with hosting your friends and not being a miser or stingy. You're saying the generous one indulges his friends and stays close to them. If if they're interested in getting together, he offers his house at the venue. If someone wants something, he rushes to get it, get to him. He kept, and he states, he captures their hearts with his generosity and enslaves their souls with his bounty. It is just as the poet said, show excellence to people and you will enslave their hearts. Kindness has always captured people best. And um, that's the nail on the head. Like you've never, those soft, sweet people, I don't think you can ever have a reason to be angry at them. Yeah. Because they, they capture you with their, their beauty and their, their, their kind-heartedness. And, and, and hosting <laughs> you reckon I should do an invite now like in after yeah khalas your yeah. house tomorrow yeah, after, after Ramadan we'll so. just do you know what we'll do we'll just do the the people that rocked up the, the roll call for the the podcast today so you don't need to invite Abdul Ahmed oh yeah uh, easy I'll, I'll do that one but um, I actually yeah that, that was one of the things that I actually didn't know um, before reading this about the whole hosting thing that, that it's even a thing to like no. you, there's a whole bunch of different ways to be generous. Of yeah. just like, oh, give money, okay, but I oh, can't do that. There, there are many things that you can do as well to be generous. Um, um, one on that point, just to make sure we don't forget this, it's also he states here in the next line. It is essential to remember that being generous to others must be coupled with the proper intention. Firstly. Of course, yes. Um, on that note, I still remember to this day I was a fresh high school student, like first year, and I was a guy. I was like third year there and he was from he was from overseas really i could speak english but he was from overseas and he wasn't the most familiar with with australia and he needed a book mm. um for his his degree and i was like oh you know what i can sort you out i remember i don't know why i remember seeing seeing a book lying down in a library up wherever i got access to so i ran up i'm like bro stay here for two minutes i ran up got it for him and this guy was thanking me i'm telling him as for months, wallah, probably even a year, next year later, when I'd seen, thank you, Adnan, you're the best, you got me the book when I needed it, this and that. I'm like, dude, bro, relax, I just got you your book. SubhanAllah. But to this day, every time I remember him, I'm like, why? Why was he so thankful? Maybe, I don't know, like maybe it was he needed, he was in desperate, or he couldn't find it, he yeah. was looking for ages. And I'm not, you, not to saying I'm wallah, like I'm not saying it out of anything, but I'm just trying to show how generosity could be out of anything that you don't think of too big. It's not just that as well, it's that 
it's so uncommon these days. Yeah. Like what you did, like it's not even like uh, in terms of talking talking someone up. Like you got to think about it in just the general sense of the the world that we live in now. For some, and it's it's upsetting to be honest as well. For someone to just know that they can help a person for free, like yeah. you've got no money, like you, so you didn't give him any money or anything like that. You just went just because you remembered something, and just got him something. Like and you came back it probably like took you five minutes. Yeah. But people don't do that these days. Like, you know, something as simple as as that, no one will take the time. No one will give sadaqah through their time. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and that. I know how I'm gonna burn you. Why? I can say something. Do you get burned like, um, now you know, Western culture where it's like, um, have you ever worked in an office? I've worked in many offices, bro. Have you ever bought someone a coffee? Uh, yeah. Go on. And they trip out, and they're like, I owe you one, and like it's Western culture, like. If you buy someone something, they have to pay you back. And then I have that Arab generosity. I'm like, dude, don't worry about it. Or like, he'll buy me a coffee. He's like, oh, next one's on you. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's so rude to say. It's like, $4 is $3.50. Relax. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, the problem is it started to disappear from our community as well. Like, yeah. I feel like, well, because I, I'm, you're, I'm assuming that you're saying that the Western culture doesn't have that generosity, right? Yeah, they don't. Yeah. It's so, like, you buy me a coffee, I buy, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Yeah, it's one for one. I mean, there is, I was going to get to something from the, from the Sunnah as well, related to that. But in our, I feel like, I feel like that, that value is disappearing as well though. Yeah. Like you get, I've, I don't want to say it in case they're listening, but they don't know I'm talking about them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, yeah. Oh, maybe maybe another day. But anyways, but the point is, it was just an occasion where I thought about that and just like, it, it just disappeared. I was like, fire out. These these traditions are gone. These cultural customs. You know what? You're not wrong. So, well, you're not wrong. Like even, for example, a couple of weeks ago when the, the severe rains happened, yeah. my brother called me up. And he was like frantic, we're telling his frantic, what's wrong? He's like, I just hit a pothole. He's like, my two rims came off the tire. Bro, that destroyed my car a couple of <laughs> weeks ago. He was on King George's Road right before he turned on the M5. Bro, that road is busy. Yeah. And he was like that. When I rocked up to him, bro, I'm telling you, every traffic light behind him, as the traffic light would go red, I'd, I'm telling you, at least 50 to 100 cars would pass him. Not one stopped. He's on the side and I'm stuck at the traffic light all day and I can see him. I'm, I'm far away. Mm. I'm just stuck. And every time I go past, he's got his hazards on. He's outside frantic. He can't drive. He's, he's literally, his, his metal rim is on the, on the ground. Everyone drove past. I'm like, dude, no one's going to ha- offer to help him out. Literally yes. no one. And then I pulled up my car as behind him. Took us half an hour to jack up the car and to, because we, it was the tire was off the rim. <laughs> Not one person stopped. That's so good. And that, as you're saying could attest to there's it's no longer in our in our society because king george rode off the m5 like 50 percent let's say in that area is muslim i'm guarantee you a couple of muslims drove past or arabs or whatever you want to call it and no, no one thought no, to stop it's too busy everyone's in a rush everyone's got bro was that night no i'm i'm saying i'm being yeah, yeah i know, I know everyone's here yeah no bro speaking of your pop, generosity can yeah. go ages like even yesterday i'm talking so much about what's the word called like my, myself no, um, I, my, I was at work my car got bogged in mm. uh middle of a paddock where I was working so couldn't get it out caught an Uber home to, to eat because it was iftar and just I told some of some of my friends I'm from the Mosalala and then they're like yeah no worries bro they drove 30 minutes to pull me out and 30 minutes back to them it might seem like nothing and I had fun mm. but wallahi bro it made my day because from 4 o'clock to at home to after Tarawih all I could think of was like bro my car all the, the equipment and the utes and the tools if someone breaks in it's going to be on my neck if no one can help me out today how am I going to get back to work tomorrow how yeah. am I going to start biggest mission how am I going to tell my boss bro wallahi I kept thanking him I felt embarrassed because of how much I was thanking him even though like they're younger than me that they had a fun time and I'm like bro wallahi you don't understand but you saved me so much bro that's you said that and you remind that's the thing bro these things they stay with you bro like they just stick with you that, that yeah like it's panel i have you know i had a bit of electrical work in my house to do and i just but i just needed to pass a cable from like the wall to the bo- like top of the wall to the bottom of the wall yeah. I, like i've done a, a bunch of like jobs around the house and just like know, yeah, yeah, my but <laughs> yeah bro and hello like, this one i just i was like you know what i don't know because i don't know where the cable is i don't know which one it is it's behind the wall i don't know anything like that and i, I know a family for very close um and i just i gave him a call and i go Look, because he's an electrician. I go, how do I pass this thing? Um, he goes, FaceTime me. So I FaceTimed him. 
And he's like to me, all right, show me this cable. Where's the red one? Where's the this? Whatever. Can you drill a hole in the wall here? Bro, I did it. And then he looks and he finds something that in his mind he felt was complicated. Yeah. And he goes to me, he goes, you know what? Leave it. I'm picking up my son. At 3.30, I'll come past your house and I'll do it for you. But like, again, same thing. He comes past, bro. It was at 3.30. I'm telling you, he left at iftar. Like, it yeah. was Ami Adnan as he's leaving. And I felt so bad because his wife's at home, cooked and everything, yeah, yeah. whatever. And I'm, but like you said, I couldn't stop thanking this guy. As he's doing it, he's drilling. I'm like, bro, thank you so much for coming. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll like, take a laugh here. He's like, no, no, yeah. And he's like trying to teach me how to do it as well so I can do it next time too. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, these, like it's small. It's a small, small things, wallah. You never forget them. It's not even small anymore. The guy took time out, out of his day, bro. His his son was going to use the whole time. Dad, I'm bored. I've <laughs> pick, collected every Pokemon in this guy's house already. Like, it's, you know. It's a big house, bro. Bro, I don't know, but the kid was just bored and he started FaceTiming his friend after a little bit. That's the thing. It's, subhanAllah, those things, they stick with you, bro. Yeah. And, like, for me, I still feel, that's what I was going to get to. There's the hadith of the Prophet, Sallallahu where the part that we know, or I think most people know, is that the Prophet ﷺ never rejected a gift. Yeah. Um, and everyone uses that hadith because they're giving you something, they want to be generous and fight you, and oh, you, know, you have to take it, whatever. Um, but the thing that I think is not mentioned much is that whenever that would happen, the Prophet ﷺ would consider that to be, uh, to some extent, would consider that to be a debt yeah. up upon him. That's right. Um, what do you mean by consider a debt? So even though he would accept the gift, the Prophet ﷺ would now feel that he has to give something back. Ah. So. I, know, I didn't know that. I, I came across that. I don't know if it's, uh, like now that you're mentioning that, I don't know if it's yeah. a daif hadith, but I heard it. Right. So I came across that. Um, I told them to order you one. So don't the, look at me bad. No, no. I actually, wallah, subhanAllah, I didn't even think uh, twice. Um, but yeah, so I. How to read? What? Min maz, min, do you want half a <laughs> coffee? No, no. I'm all good. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so whenever that whenever that would happen, if the Prophet ﷺ accepted a gift, he would want to give something back. It yeah. doesn't mean necessarily immediately, but that's the idea of having it as a debt. Like now, to repay that yeah. to someone else. And that is... Oh, that yeah, is, so not necessarily to the same person, to someone else, yeah. yeah. Or, or to the same, I think you also yeah, the same person. Yeah, not necessarily the same, but what you're saying. Um, but in that, in that sense, there's still that idea of generosity because people are like, oh, accept the gift, accept the gift. Sure, yeah, but I'm accepting, I'm going to chazin my whole house. And it's like, it's just all gifts of all these people, yeah. right? But there's we that idea of like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's why when you mentioned the returning a favor, the one for one, yeah. it's not so much a one for one. It's that this is what keeps the cycle yeah, yeah. moving throughout the community. Like my mom does something that seems small, but I really like it. I learned off her. Yeah. It's like, if someone gives you, like you go to someone's house and they give you food to take home yes. in, in their plate or whatever it is. I think it's a common Arab thing. Yeah, go I for don't it. know. You never, yeah. like, you never return it. Return it back with something in there. So you know how us, like this new generation, we're not going to make, we don't make that much Arab food. So you know, we put desserts <laughs> or put like donuts in there, Krispy Kreme, whatever, and return it back to them. And I just, I don't know. I enjoy giving it back to them and seeing them happy and be like, wow, well, like you shouldn't mm. have done that. Something's I thought the fact that I let the sahan was good enough. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> no, you did it as well. Yeah. <laughs> Who <laughs> <laughs> imagine giving the plate back dirty? Oh, very. That's a bad thing. I don't know, but I feel like I end up with people's like a whole bunch of Tupperwares just sitting in my house, but just like <laughs> trying to figure um, out whose plates to who. Yeah, I don't know whose ones for who, and then you got to give it back, and then Subhanallah, they come at the worst times, and you're like, oh, I have their Tupperware, but it's empty. I can't give it back to them. Oh, what oh, do we got? Leave, remember that you got that you forgot to give them the Tupperware. That's what happens to me a hundred times. Yeah. Um. But yeah, even was Subhanallah, the Prophet. Um. Being so generous, where he'd give the clothes that was off his back. Yes. Like, I, I love that sunnah. To be honest, well, I mm. love it. Like, uh, I saw once the other week where someone was like, telling a guy, oh, nice abaya, and this guy, like, he took it to be too far, was mm. not going anywhere until the brother took his abaya. Nah, you're taking it. And he's, and he's like, bro, um, you're twice your size. I'm not going to fit in it. Yeah. You know? But subhanAllah, I liked it because I could see he was genuine. He's like, okay, I'm going to buy, yeah. buy you one. Just for him saying something small, like, you know, stuff later. It is, and you just don't, uh, I think it comes down to the idea of not being so attached to the thing you're giving yeah, as well. That's true. Because in that sense, like whatever it was, let's say it was my abaya, like, I've got, I got this abaya, I, got love some nice I love this bro. And you know, like, but it, how attached are you to whatever it is? Yeah, like yeah, exactly. if someone wanted this, would you give it to them? Yeah. And and it's, that's, that's what you need to think about, subhanAllah, when it comes to generosity. And it's the same thing with your money. If someone needed it, 
Am I so attached yeah, to it? Yeah, you know, that's a good point. <laughs> that I don't want to give it to them. Um, so, I think we're, uh, I think we're getting it. What's the time now? It's a lot of time. Almost, almost an hour. Fun, hey. Um, um, what was the place saying? At times you can. This was a long chapter, but. Oh. No, I enjoyed it. There's another point as well. Was a smart. <coughs> let, let's say some smart hints and tips for people. Um, you can be generous to people by being generous to those who they love. Oh yes, that's a good one. Bro. My mom knows, like, yes. If you want to get to someone, you give their kids sweets. Or my my dad knows. All my cousins know. Like, when they have young toddlers or or whatever it is, they all love my my dad. You know, and mm. I was like, what do they always love my dad for? Like. What's he? What's so special? Because yeah. every time he comes over, someone says he's got a gift of lollies. You're gonna, uh, Alan's like, he's got, he's got, he's got an emergency packet in the car as well. So if he forgets, he's like, Tamas, you're Oh, bro, that's he's like, <laughs> he uh, does he have a van? <laughs> 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 Just no, making sure, bro. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Um, yeah, and he always makes sure to give the kids lollies. Like at the mosque, the kids don't even care about me. They're like, mm. oh. When Abu Adnan, because I know me as Adnan, oh, when yeah. Abu Adnan is a little Egyptian kid, you know, <coughs> like, why do you won't care about my dad? He says, my dad's like, runs up to my dad before, he, like, it's wrong. Before he says, Salam alaikum, lolly, you know, and my dad's like, yeah, like, come, get to the microwave and he's, he's, he's like, like bro, you just want Abu Adnan because I'm giving you Adnan, but I'm half his name. Yeah, but again, the Prophet was the most generous, and, and the Prophet also was the most generous to his family, which is another thing. Yeah. Um, and, and this is something that many people forget. Um, yeah. People that try to be generous and, and, and do that. Oh, yeah, I was in this chapter as well. Um, yeah. Give to others, whether it's knowledge, whether it's help, whether it's assistance, um, whether it's money, but they forget their families because they yeah. think, oh, that's my family, that's my house. Um, your family is has the most right to that generosity over anyone else. And yeah. that's, um, you know, from your wife to your, to your parents, to your children. Um, and that includes your time. Like, for example, for children, a lot of parents don't give their children that time. Same with their wife and parents or, and so on and so forth. So I think uh, that's another important point to mention. And that's to keep your family as well above above anything when it comes to generosity. And to also be generous to the rest of the community and those people around yeah. us. For for me, sometimes, if you're one and not the other, it may... Um, I think, inshallah, none of us like that, but you're possibly going to have to start questioning your intentions. Like, mm. oh, if I'm so nice on the outside to everyone else, but to my family, I'm not. Or I'm so generous outside, I'm giving, you know, thousands of dollars, whatever it is, but to my family, are struggling. <coughs> like, I think that's a question. Me, personally, I might be wrong, Allah Alam, like of of uh, in wrong intention or like, you know, showing off China or whatever yep. in, in public to be seen as someone that you, in reality, are not. You know, because in reality... Probably you're the most sure when you're at home and you're comfortable and you know no one can see you. No one's gonna be videotaping you or saying, "Oh, you know what?" That's I right. said or whatever it's in it secret, is. sort yeah. of. And I think it's a it's an embarrassment to let's say a wealthy person later down the track you find out that their family was so um, not stingy like preserved from their their wealth. Or imagine mm. you know imagine a kid coming to you and saying, "Oh, my my back and my shoulders hurting," and he's like, <coughs> "His dad's a physio." Like write in a book, like go to your yeah. dad, you know. And it's like, "Oh no, he's not going to help me." It's like, what? Doesn't make mm. sense. Yeah, that's uh, that's something that we need to be that we need to be very wary of, Subhanallah. Because again, like even even services, right? Like if someone in my house asks uh, all the time, bro, fix the printer, fix the internet, my phone. Like today, my amazing mom, technical services. Yeah, t- today, bro. Today, my mom came to me and she goes. Well, amazing, you know, I don't understand. I woke up this morning with my iPhone on 100% and I came back home and it's on 20. Wallah, my darto. You know, and, and I'm sitting there, she's like, uh, and she's like, can you fix it for me? I was like, hello. What am I supposed to fix? I was like, hello, I'll diagnose it for you. Can you fix family diagnosis? Okay, I'm going to do it. I'll do it for you. But sometimes we, like, okay, even though I did it today, but I think about it a lot of the time, I'm like, all right, I'm busy. Hello, I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah. I'm busy. I got time. But if someone else called me, yeah, true. You know, I just like if a mate called me and said, "Oh, can you do this?" So if someone called me, I'm like, "Oh, I got to do that." And I think it's one of those things where you know your family will let it go, but other yeah, people yeah. will hold it. And Subhanallah, we take advantage of that a lot. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, may Allah Subhanahu wa Taala protect us from that and and keep us of those who are generous to our families and the rest of the people around Amen. us. Amen. I think we've overstepped our stay at the. R- at the warehouse? Yeah. Sorry? <laughs> said at the warehouse. At the warehouse, yeah. We're in the back of some massive warehouse, you know, just a little five square meter room. 
All right, let me wrap up this chapter then with what the Sheikh says. He says, a point of view. Opportunities to win people's hearts do not come often. And that is... Uh, oh, that's gold. Opportunity. And you need to take it. When it comes, you take it. Um, no. So with that, I will, you know, we can wrap up the idea of generosity and forgiving others. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to have open hearts to forgive the people around us and the people that have uh, that have wronged us and for us to not wrong others and to be generous um, and allow us to use this month to kickstart that forgiveness and generosity. Amen. Wallahi, I enjoyed this this episode. Jazakallah khair and to all our listeners. Wallahu alam. Sallallahu alam. This program was presented by Al Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahl Sunnah Wal Jama'ah.